everyone. Welcome to Mecca Talks, your access all areas pass to the beauty, business and lifestyle experts we call our community. I'm Kate Blythe, the Chief Marketing Officer here at Mecca. And I'm Zara Wong, Head of Content. In today's episode, we're simplifying Web3 and the Metaverse with Meta's Director of Tech Industry Strategy, Jason Juma-Ross. Kate, how are you? Hi. Hi, Zara. How are you? I think this is an interesting episode because we've kind of like, you know, dropped some, some breadcrumbs of what we're talking about today throughout other episodes, yeah. like Amber Victoria and talking to Yasmin Sewell of Vireo. So what are we going into What today? did we talk to those guys about? Okay, so we talked about um, avatars. We talked about NFT and digital art, didn't we? And actually, you're totally right. They're breadcrumbs of thoughts that we are... It's like hints. Yeah, like, hints of actually what we are. We've got up our sleeves, um, and we were are you trying to think of a beauty pun. Yeah, I was trying was, to think of a beauty pun. I couldn't think. I was of one. thinking of a beauty pun. We've got up our eyelashes. Doesn't really work <laughs> as well. Um, and you know this topic of the metaverse and the sort of future of the internet and how we communicate with everybody in a virtual world is. I mean, it's top of the agenda for for all of us um, and what we're thinking about, what we're doing, but also a lot of our brands and a lot of the a lot of the um, creatives that we work with. So, super, super, super interesting topic, and I think it can go in so many different ways. But I think with um, JJR from Meta today, we're going to talk about some, you know, the future of Web three, the kind of next iteration of the internet, what that's going to look like. We're going to talk about. NFTs and how the community community can get involved there, but also having a bit of fun in a virtual world and how we can do that in a way which is um, which feels really good. So I'm excited to dive into this topic, Zara. I think there's um, you know some people are super passionate about it, some people are a bit nervous. I'm one of the people that are super passionate about it. How much do you know about it? I know a bit. I've been doing a lot of research. Um, Where are you getting your research from? I'm reading lots of articles. Mm. I spend a lot of time um, talking to people within the industry. And I think for me, it's all about um, making sure that we are, you know, giving our customers and our teams the, you know, opportunity to engage in what's next. And, you know, that for me is um, super exciting. You know, we don't want to be sitting there thinking, oh, we should be doing this. We've already been doing some of this stuff. And and actually what Mecca has always done is we've um, always bridged into the new innovation and whether that's a flagship store, whether that's services, whether that, you know, we're always thinking about how to enrich and engage um, the experience of shopping. And I think what um, is so exciting about the metaverse is it takes a step further. So for example, if we're going to do an amazing campaign with a digital artist, let's create an AR filter um, and our customers and our teams can actually download that onto their app and use those filters within a store environment to enhance their kind of shopping and actually all of that kind of stuff is just great it's good to work with their creatives it's good to think outside the box and you know let's let's all let's all kind of jump on the bandwagon a bit and it happened we did that ar filter yeah. we did the 3d artist back in march but i think we're going to have a little bit more of that coming up soon right yeah so we can't tease too much but we can't it's coming. tease too much but we are um really excited about the nft space you know nfts are something that lots of brands are doing lots of people may have seen that nike have just launched one um which is really exciting and, and it can link back to physical product as well um so 
you know, there's it's a really booming world. And what we look at today is the internet, which is, you know, on our laptop, is in 10 years time probably will not be the same again. If you think back to the days where we didn't have internet, I remember sending faxes yeah. to people um, to get sort of clothes and no into the fashion cupboard yeah no smartphones and email was brand new and it was like oh my what is this so tech moves fast and this is the next evolution of tech moving fast so in say 10 years time are we going to be sitting there on our on our laptops looking into an internet yeah. screen or are we going to be in immersing ourselves in the world of mecca through a virtual headset or through you know stepping into a place where you have an avatar that is you know yourself in that virtual world and i think as you were saying with things changing so quickly what jobs there are now will be completely different in 10 years time and be different in five years time or yeah. years time and it's always like it's so important to know what's happening to really be aware of the trends. And I think that's what's great. That's what's great about this podcast is that we can really learn about it, bringing experts, because we're not the experts in NFTs, to tell us more about yeah. it. Yeah. And actually, Level the we're excited field. about working with the experts and we're excited about working with the creatives and we're excited about getting our community involved and, you know, really sort of taking these ideas about, you know, the next, the future um, and, like blowing it out of the water and i think if we think of um you know the beauty world and the metaverse wouldn't it be so great if your avatar which is you in the virtual world could go in and sit down and have a conversation with charlotte tilbury mm -hmm. and you're in a virtual space but she's actually in the in london and you're in australia and um i think all of those all of those kind of exciting interactions are going to happen in virtual virtual world. It's a bit like everything we've learned from the pandemic of being able to teams call your teams, mm -hmm. being able to do virtual online learning to all of that. It's the next evolution of that. So actually you could do a whole degree course from your, Virtually. from your bedroom, but in a virtual world where you're still sitting next to somebody yeah. to learn. So you're still having the human interaction. So basically it's just bringing humans together in, um, in this really connected way, virtually. Yeah. And I'm just super interested in learning and trying things and, and testing in this new world. Great, let's get Jason in. Welcome to Mecca Talks, JJR. Thank you so much for being here. We are delighted to have uh, your brain in the room to help us unravel certain things that we want Decipher. to talk about. Decipher, exactly. So Decipher no pressure. It's <laughs> great to be here. Thank you. I'll, hope I'll you, do my best. I hope but. you've had a coffee. Um, and we're all we're super excited about everything in the world of meta, but also metaverse. And I think, um, you know, first of all, let's talk a bit about meta. And meta, as, we, as was formerly known, like the pop star Prince as Facebook has had a bit of a name change and name shift. And there's obviously big reasons around that. So do you want to tell us a little bit about, about what, what, you know, who Meta is now and really what you guys are out to do? Well, this, this company is 18 years old now. Uh, and wow. People yeah, probably don't realize it's 18 someone. years old. It's like a fully grown adult. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> so true. 18 yeah. years. That's in Australia, crazy. it's legally recognized as fully grown adult, maybe not in the US. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, and we've we've been focused that whole time on giving people the power to build communities and trying to connect the world. And, and the mission hasn't really changed, but but a lot has changed over that period of time. And you know, what used to be just the Facebook app has now developed and evolved and expanded into 
you know, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger. There are reels now and stories and different surfaces. We have all of the augmented and virtual reality components from uh, you know, Quest through to Portal, through to our partnerships with Ray-Bans. And so your title at Meta is Director of Tech Industry Strategy. What does that it's mean? It's a big title. Yeah. How do you, like, if you meet someone for the first time, how do you explain what you do? And then <laughs> no, 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 no idea. Okay, so I probably do three things. I, I guess first is... I work with all of our partners in the technology, media, telecommunications, platforms space uh, around all of the different products and services that we have. I sit on the leadership team for ANZ and work with a fantastic group of, um, in my completely unbiased opinion, some of the best leaders in the world. And then I help to uh, work with our partners around our innovation efforts. And a lot of that right now is focused on um, you know, artificial intelligence and augmented and virtual reality. And was it always your passion to kind of get into this space? Or has, you know, all that augmented virtual reality, the kind of future of digital, um, is that something that you have got more interested in over time? Um, and why? I mean, what is it that excites you about it? So I think I've, I've always been interested in this. And it, it does feel in some ways a little bit like the web circa 1999 or mobile circa 2005 when things are just starting to spin up and get moving. But um, I think what, one of the things that I'm fascinated by is just the interaction of people and technology mm. and how that evolves. And we're going through this incredible period of, of growth and transformation right now across culture and society and technology. And for me, it's just really exciting to yeah. be you know, in, in, in the middle of that. Mm. Yeah, and like you said, you know, with HTML, with web in 1995, it really is all about connecting people and bringing people together, which is what Meta does. And, I mean, this job you have now, it didn't exactly exist five years ago, ten years ago maybe. I mean, how, do you, how, do, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, well, I started off life as an anthropologist at university. Ah. And, and I got into things like... That. Did yeah. you? Yeah, so I studied so you know, cool. social and cultural anthropology. So Which all makes of the so human much sense. Yeah. What do you do now? Doesn't it? Everything makes sense in yeah. retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the time you're like, oh, how would that play out in yeah. a corporate world? But I got into visual anthropology, mm. which is film and photography, and then I kind of got into, uh, you know, data, and I, I became, I worked in sort of data science and stats for a while, uh, and then I worked a lot in technology and development and was kind of an engineering manager in, in different functions. Uh, and then I ended up at Meta when it was called Facebook about seven or eight years ago. And it's, it's just the most exciting place to be right now because yeah. so many things are converging in this space and there's so much work to be done. But um, it's an incredible place to be. And so, and that really brings me to the point of, the, of Meta, changing its name to Meta, um, but also the Metaverse and everything around that and the opportunities it is. And for, for people who are listening who don't really understand what that is and the scope of it, you're brilliant at kind of like making sense of it. So could you just give us a bit of a, um, a view on what the metaverse is and, and why, why it's so important that we really all think a little bit differently? Yeah, so I think there's, there's two ways that I think about this. And, and one is that it's like the internet, but you're not looking at it, you're in it. So imagine if you can, you know, today we have, we look at the internet through a glass screen. Uh, it's either a, you know, uh, a tablet or a mobile phone or a desktop screen. And that's actually the way we consume all media, whether it's a cinema screen or a TV screen. But this is all about kind of busting through that screen and having it around you so that yeah. you're in it in, in some way. So that's, that's one way of, of looking at it. When I describe it to my mum, 
<laughs> I kind of say... Do you have to describe it to her? She questioning yeah. does she you. Still, totally. Does yeah. she still say, Jason, what, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. quite understand what you do. What, does she still say that? <laughs> My parents still say that. They don't know Ab- what I do. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and so I say, you know, it's like that, you know, we... She's in the UK and uh, my kids talk to her on Portal uh, in, the, in the evenings on Sunday. It's her Sunday morning. And I say, it's like that, but imagine that they would be sitting next to you on the yeah. sofa like a hologram. So it's so that cool. kind of thing. Yeah. It's like bringing the human connection into reality. Yeah. And I think, you know, after the last two years of everybody suddenly actually engaging with the tools you've got through Teams or through Zoom um, or through your education, online learning, etc. It's transformed it and sped it all up so that actually you can do, you could do that still, but actually bring it into a 3D. It's like, it's like breaking the fourth wall yes. or the fourth screen. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I think this, this human aspect is also a really important point. You know, technology's done incredible things for us so far and opened up access to education. Uh, you know, it's opened up access to us communicating with each other across distances when we can't be together, especially over the last couple of years. But this is going to do that even better. Uh, this will allow you to really feel like you're there. You'll have this sense of presence. You'll so be able to relate to people a lot how, better. How far are we away from this world? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, <laughs> when this is, is it a, happening? Yeah. It's happening already, Zara. <laughs> Come on. But, you know, like program. really like in it, you know, how, yeah. when will it be really ingrained? And like when, will a, when will a website be null and void or will we still have a It's web- like, you know how <laughs> now people say, oh, Instagram it. And Instagram becomes a verb. Facebook becomes a thing. People know what it is. Mm. When will metaverse become just normal? So I think this is, this is a five to 10 year journey before we see this fully realized. Um, but there are lots of interesting things that are happening on the way. And if you kind of squint, you can see the beginnings mm. of it. So it's, it's going to take a while. There are some scale technology problems to be solved. And there are some science problems that still need to be solved. Uh, but um, you can see the elements of this mm. all, all around us today uh, with people using augment, augmented reality on a mobile phone, for example. Yeah which we have done and which we really love doing and we want to do masses more of. Um, But also, you know, you, you know, we're sort of on this um, client, meta client council and in order to set up the meeting um, that we were going to have in Sydney, Jason and one of your colleagues sent through this, you know, your avatars in conversation with each other, which is super cool. So there's even things like that, which kind of bring just what would normally be a message or a diary invite to life in a different way. If you think about those, even those sort of films back in the 90s, it, that idea was always there. If you think of even like Back to the Future. Do you remember Back to the Future? And it was like the, and the, say the 4D advertising screen and the shark coming out. That you, you can actually now, we want yeah, to do a 4D digital yeah, people advertising People always fantasise about it and it's actually happening. Like what's that movie, like weird science? Yeah, Science, like, you know, and someone comes, like they make a person. Yeah, weird science, great film. <laughs> Um, and so with meta and metaverse, I think what's so interesting is, um, you know, what does that, how does that evolve the business priorities? Is that that you guys are, so you're really focusing on the new innovation, the new technologies. You've obviously opened up this innovation suite as well to kind of test things. What does that look like? What could you expect if you went in there? So there's a lot to be done now on multiple fronts. So, you know, there's a big focus on this for the, for the long term, but there's also a lot to be done in the, in the immediate yeah. window now. But if you were to go into this, uh, this centre in, in, in Sydney that we've got today, there's a number of technologies there that start to give you a little bit of a view on what could be coming next. 
So uh, there's uh, you know, virtual reality technologies through our Quest headsets and a whole bunch of experiences that you can do there that range from uh, things like gaming experiences to fitness to collaboration and conferencing experiences. And one of my favorite apps today is, uh, is an app that allows you to do architectural design. So you can kind of look at a site oh, and wow. scale the buildings up and down. You and you can be go, inside it. Yeah, then you can go inside and you can kind of knock the wall down. You can use this to scan a room in your own house and say, oh. well, what would it look like if I put a window there? Or if I took that wall out and built an extension and then you can walk through it. So, you know, these sorts of things are, yeah. are, are, start to give you a flavor of the possibilities. Uh, and then we've got obviously... Um, kind of our first, the beginnings of some of the augmented reality technology. And a lot of that's on a mobile phone today, but a lot of, as you know, mm. uh, a, a lot of people have been engaged with, with building out uh, consumer interaction over that. And then there are things like Ray-Ban Stories, uh, which are the lightweight version of, of, of the all-day wearable glasses that allow you to take video and photos and listen to music. So you kind of start to put all of these things together and you get a sense of the direction that this is going to develop in. Those glasses are very cool. I was actually with one of your colleagues and she let me try them and it, you put them on and you're listening to the music, but no one else can hear the music. So it's quite like fascinating, wow. isn't it? Because it sort of then becomes, it's all like here in your own head. Your yeah, when I, when I get tired of doing conference calls and staring at a video screen, I go walk around the block and do my conference calls on those. Oh, and, do you? And it's a, it's a great way of stretching your legs yeah, when we're all yeah, working from home. Yeah, right? stretching your mind a little bit. Um, and so with, you know, we're talking here about metaverse and um, if the metaverse really takes off, and I'm pretty sure it will, because now we've got some of the biggest businesses in the world very excited about it. And, you know, look at what Nike's been doing and how they're sort of really dipping their, not just their toes, but their full feet into NFTs in that space. But when metaverse really takes off, what do you think our work, our, our lives will sort of look like? How do you think we will interact in those kind of work, exercise, shopping realms yeah. in a new way? It's, I think there's a, well, first, this is a little bit like talking about mobile in 2002, when I think the phone of the year was the Nokia 6100, and yeah. we were all watching Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Right? Yeah. But, oh, but, my goodness. It doesn't yeah. seem that long ago. Uh, he's, in the, he's in the new one as well, I think. Yeah. But, but um, So there's a lot that we can't imagine, and a lot that we'll get wrong, and, and there's obviously we all need to work together to, to build this. But I think there are a number of areas that are really interesting, and one is, um, you know, how do you experience the world with your friends and how do you experience media and entertainment? You know, and, and you know, I saw that the Australian Open this year opened up a virtual experience for fans. Mm -hmm. I think it was in Decentraland. Yeah. Uh, so there was a, you know, with a 3D virtual reality platform. So I think you'll see more of that sort of thing yeah. and more of those experiences. We had uh, a concert during the Super Bowl with the Free yeah, Fighters so in venues. Right, so I think you'll see more of that. Um, education, is, mm -hmm. I think, is a yeah. really interesting area. Uh, because education today is, again, it's through a 2D screen mostly. It's been transformative, right? People can, yeah. you know, see lectures from institutions from all over the world, but it's still relatively limited. Mm -hmm. So imagine then if you can go into a, an environment where the physicality of it is really important. So that, mm -hmm. I think that applies to people like surgeons, um, but also TAFE New South Wales here are doing some really interesting stuff where they're designing training modules for plumbers and oh, people wow. in the construction industry working you at could, heights. Yeah, you could and do like the hands-on part of it. Oh, yeah. 100%. I haven't even thought of that. That's yeah. really actually quite genius. So then if you make that then accessible to, you know, 
hundreds of thousands of people that wouldn't have access to that because of location constraints or where they grow up or their economic background. It uh, can be a huge democratizing yeah. function. I think that's really important. Uh, and then this is just going to open up economic, economic opportunity for lots of people. If you think about how many jobs are there today on the internet yeah. that didn't exist 20 yeah. years ago and even five years ago, creators. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't have talked about that, that five years ago. Uh, and now this is a, you know, it's a major industry on the internet. So th there's going to be an expansion of all of these things. It's so true because, you know, even if you think about when influencers became a thing and everyone was talking about the fact that there were people who weren't editors of magazines creating content and how game-changing that yeah. was. And it was really democratized a lot of that sort of fashion beauty world. Yeah. So, you know, it could be the 18-year-old guy has got a you know, great idea that can actually build something Something and it can become something rather than having to go through years of working in a business to be able to have the opportunity. So you can yeah. show people in a different mm. way. How do you think this will change the beauty industry yeah. or how people shop? Yeah, and then you think of uh, visual artists and designers. Mm. They don't need access to studios or expensive with materials. Galleries you know, you can, and, yeah. yeah. And actually, you're so right, because we work directly with lots of artists and they're all super hungry to, you know, create NFTs and to really start working in a space which is virtual and gives their gives their um, artistic voice to a wider community in a really democratized way. So it's not just selling that one piece, it's selling it, you know, a virtual piece of it, which I think is, you know, really incredible for the artists because they will always get something back too. Yeah. And then if you're a, a company or a brand, I think there's interesting possibilities for you to layer that experience. So you know, you've got a retail environment, nothing is going to be ever as good as going into the physical environment. But how do you connect people and how do you scale that to people who can't make it to that physical yeah. environment at that mm. time? How Especially do you keep now. them engaged in the funnel? Yeah, and I would love to have a mechaverse, um, a place where our sort of customers can come into a virtual environment. They could then meet with that founder of the brand, Charlotte Tilbury or Francois Nars, and actually have this very sort of, to your point, that like hands-on experience of them showing the product, how to use it, how to apply it. Um, but you're in totally different countries. And I think that being able to connect in that way is rich with possibilities, I would say. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, we used to go shopping. We'd have to go to Bond Street, yeah. you know, to go, to go shopping. Uh, but and, and That's quite flashy for a yeah. <laughs> growing up, going to yeah, Bond Street. You'll still want to go to Bond Street, right? Yeah, or you'll still want to go to Regent Street, or you'll still want to go to the Champs-Élysées, yeah. if, if you can do that and go on holiday. But it would also be great to visit those places, Yeah, you know, as a, as a much easier, much more accessible option. Yeah, and I think the same goes for education. How about traveling back in time to see the Colosseum being yeah. built? Uh, wow. So it just opens up all sorts of different dimensions. Yeah, that's so true. You can actually would be able to, it's like kind of stepping into a movie world like, as well. Um, what that, that other TV, another TV show reference, Sliders. Sliders. Like sliding in yeah. different like parallel universes and different worlds. The one I always think of is Ready Player One. I think that's really, you know, when you sort of, you put on your headset and you're literally this avatar in, in a new world and, you know, Steven Spielberg is a genius, okay? So I think he's obviously, he's always thinking way ahead of that future world. But, you know, the fact that you actually can, you can play in different characters and yeah, I mean, it's, there's fascinating opportunities. And just around that, like who who's creating all of this? Is it just the matters of the world or do have we got small studios creating interesting technology? Yeah, there's a lot of people involved and it's, it's interesting just to see now how many brands and how many companies and developers are getting involved in this space. So I think, you know, our job 
is to, one of our jobs anyway, is to try and create the tools and make those tools available to as many people as possible, mm -hmm. which is, you know, one, there's a, a component of cost in that. So we want to produce the tools uh, as cheaply or maybe free as, as we possibly can so that more people can have access. And then you want to make them simple enough so that you don't have to be a computer scientist to use them. Mm -hmm. So things like, um, you know, we have a tool called uh, MetaSpark, which is our augmented reality creation tool, which you can use on a mobile phone. There's a lightweight version of that mm. now that anyone can kind of pick up and use and create augmented reality filters. And we're really now actively thinking about ways where you could use tools like that or tools that you could use uh, with a voice interface to construct virtual worlds. Mm. Yeah, amazing. So actually really allowing people to use those so they can start help, you know, they you want the help to build the future of it as well. And yeah, that's right. As you were saying, we're like five to ten years away for this to be really ingrained into our world. What's holding us back? Is it, are we waiting for hardware? Are we waiting for like better internet? So pick a server? <laughs> All of those things. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, that there are definitely the hardware needs to be cheaper, more accessible, more lightweight. So there's a whole roadmap and series of work streams around that. And ultimately, you, you want to get to you know, a pair of glasses that are all day wearable uh, and, and are comfortable and socially acceptable to wear. Socially acceptable. Yeah. So that's, that's a relatively longer term end of the roadmap. Um, but there are lots of interesting points along the way. So getting towards more lightweight virtual reality headsets that allow you to have a good experience, allow you to have things like color pass through where you can see the outside world in, in full color and high resolution so that you could work on documents, say, in, in, in that environment. So there are a whole series of stepping stones along the way. Developers and creators, as you, as you said, are really, really important. So if we make the tools easier yeah. and, yeah. and start to Thank work you. the ecosystem, then more creators are going to get involved and, and that'll start to spin the flywheel. And how do we get more women involved? Because I think it's, you know, when we're talking gamification and metaverse, you know, we've got lots of, we're getting more women into sort of develop developer roles, but you still, it's still sort of very much, a, um, you know, male dominated. So how can we really encourage women to participate? Because I think this is so important that we get that kind of equality from the off. Yeah, so I, I think this is, it's really important because the internet was built with a kind of a male bias in it. Uh, but there are really promising signs of communities that are spinning up around this that are super, super talented mm -hmm. communities run by women. So in, right here in Australia, in Sydney, there's a community called Women in, in VRAR uh, run by Carly Johnson. And uh, there's a, an incredible group of female developers in that community that are building, uh, yeah, really, really inspiring, building amazing you stuff. You need to connect me. <laughs> yep, no, I, will, I will do. But um, and so there are there are groups and communities of, of, of women who are getting involved in this, mm. and uh, I think it's it's really encouraging just the whole democratizing yeah. influence. And also, you want to like have a diversity of thought, like coming with different ideas about it, different ways you can use it that you know men may not have actually thought of mm. it's even within yeah. the nft space which is something that we're looking at and you've got the world of women which is a really um, incredible kind of um, platform of um, nfts and actually it's so good to kind of be be see to see all of that happening as well and to bring everybody into the conversation so it is does become something that everybody can build together rather than it being built with a different sort of um, bias as you say yeah and there are lots of dimensions to this if you know, as we hope to get a billion people in the metaverse by the end of the decade, you need to build for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and, and everybody means all sorts of means cultural groups across yeah, the world. It means my mum. Yeah. yeah. And it means, um, it means also not just the user, 
It means the community around them because yes. these technologies impact everybody yeah, around them as well. Yeah, it's so much about the community and connecting people. So on the flip side, though, what would you say to someone who feels that the metaverse is a bit of a trend or a gimmick or a fad? Yeah. I, I or think a buzzy word. Yeah. They, you know, what if, like, some people out there do think, you know, 2022, it's just a thing, it's just a fad, it's going to be blow over. But didn't they say that about email? And didn't they say that about a mobile phone? I, I think that's right. We, we touched on this a little bit at the beginning. And technology tends to move in generations. And so, you know, you go from servers to PCs to, uh, you know, laptops and more mobile computing, mobile phones, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and these things happen in kind of 15, 20 year cycles as it currently stands. Now, servers still exist, mm-hmm. but more people have a mobile phone than would ever have their own server. And so the older technologies are still around. You know, people still ride horses, right? But a lot of people yeah. drive cars. So, <laughs> so, radio is still a thing. Yeah, yeah radio is a thing. Yeah. And so th- those technologies will still be there and there's still a, a place for them. Yeah. But I ask myself, how many people in the world wear glasses? Yeah. And, and is that the addressable market for something like the metaverse mm-hmm. and the heads-up display for your life? Yeah, but I, think I wonder if you could do it onto contact lenses because I can't see anything that. Yeah, I've got contact lenses as well. No, yes. I do think you're right in that way of um, it's different ways of consuming, um, but we all want the storytelling. We all want the human mm. connection. And it's how mm. you do that in, in new formats going forward, which I think is super exciting. And we'll look back in 10 years and go, do you remember the time when everyone yeah. thought, you I know, the e- metaverse was a bit of a, you know, buzzy moment? Even when you said 1995, the internet. I remember my dad got the internet in 1995. I was in yeah. grade three, and I still remember the modem. Yeah, him showing me what it was like. The noise, the Doom. noise, and it was just yeah. It was gosh, 1995, and it was so. I just remember it so clearly. Yeah, and, and I think, but I think that's a it's a good analog because what we're imagining now is probably going to look yeah. quite different to the way that we imagine it now. But it's also pretty hard to argue that there's not going to be any future for these sort of 3D-type technologies and these more immersive technologies. That seems to be the overall trend of of the way that this develops. Back in the day on Facebook, you used to be able to type in what university course you were doing or unit and see who else was in the Mm. class. So it would be like, oh, there was that really hot guy. Is he on Facebook? And we'd look up (laughs) people like that. Well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. It's all a long way. <laughs> and then, you know, if you, you kind of roll that clock back, that was very text-based right then. And then kind of photographs yeah, came in, images. then video and images. Now we have 360 video. We've got vertical video. There's much more kind of immersive formats of video and reels. And, and then, of course, all of the augmented reality stuff. So, you know, you see that progression over time. And even something like a social media platform has by no means remained static over that period of time. It's just getting richer and richer and more immersive media. Yeah. I think that, you know, that's part of the reason why we see this as an evolution. Yeah. Because and so it's not yeah. T- you can't give us a launch date because it's not really about that, is it? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of emerging. It's like yeah. people's consumer behavior has to change, how they consume content has to change. Like, you know, videos used to be always landscape and now we do vertical videos as well. And that's kind of the norm, especially on Instagram and Facebook. Yep. And it's just going to continue to change. Yep, that's right. And so if, you, um, if you've got lots of people today listening, hopefully lots and lots of people, um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to learn more about digital innovation or even work in the field? And, and I imagine that working at someone like Meta is probably one of the dream jobs of lots of people. Um, so what advice would you give them in terms of getting into that space. So as a kid, I played ice hockey and there was a really famous hockey player uh, back in the day called Wayne Gretzky. And his thing was always 
don't skate to where the puck is, skate to where the puck is heading. Mm. So ha- having that kind of foresight to plot the trajectory and go there, yeah. don't necessarily go where it is today because you'll be behind it by the time it develops and emerges. So, you know, in service of that, I think, you know, 3D design technology is an area where it feels like we're going to have a skill gap. Yeah. I mean, there's already, I know, you know, our partners are saying, how do I find a 3D designer? How do I find somebody that can help me in this space? And so that, that feels to me like an area where yeah. there's going to be a need. And, and it also feels like, you know, just as I learned Photoshop you know, yeah. back in, <laughs> in my early career, now I need to know Unity or Unreal Engine. And you need, I mean, not that I need to necessarily be able to develop in it, but I need to understand the concepts. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's really having that conceptual framework around, around 3D that I think is going to be an important skill set going forwards. Yeah, that's great. And would Meta ever have like the University of Meta where you can help guide that sort of training and education and, you know, give people the tools that they may not get elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, we're, so we're building some of that uh, ourselves. So we have a, a, a Spark Blueprint program, which trains people in that, that, that toolkit to be able to develop augmented reality. And uh, we announced a $150 million investment last year to work with education providers to do research and develop course material and try and get a lot of movement and progress happening in that education space around the metaverse too. I mean, that'd be so good, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. What university like are you going to? Course. I'm going to the Meta University. I'm going to be learning all of this cool stuff. And I loved how you, point, you pinpointed that that space of 3D because people were like, what's the thing? Where is the part going to go? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, if you're, if you're a brand today, uh, you're probably starting to think about, and you'll know this better than I, uh, I yeah. do, but, you know, when we were thinking about our new logo, we started from what does it look like in 3D? Yeah. You know, and how does yeah. it move and how do you conceptualize it? So I, I think there's a whole series of questions that we haven't asked before that we're going to need to start asking. That's, yeah. I was, I was reading something recently about how logos are now being simplified over the past 20 years because they're becoming mobile friendly and mobile first. And that was happening, what, 10, 15 years ago. So it's interesting that you said now it's a 3D. Mm. But it's, you know what? It's, you're so right. I don't think we've done that work yet. We need to go back and have a little see, chat with the how design team. <laughs> how Mecca works in 3D. But you're right. It's all about taking that and actually creating kind of worlds out of it rather than seeing something in a very flat way. Um, and what about you? Are you a, a social media consumer? How have your social digital you habits changed? <laughs> uh, whenever I speak to you, you've got lots of surfboards in the background. So I imagine that there's a, that's the JJR. That, um, it's not surfing the internet, it's surfing actual oh, waves. Oh, there you go. <laughs> all, all of that. Uh, it's, I think it's, it's fascinating. When I kind of reflect back on it, you know, you used to use Facebook a while ago to connect with friends and family now, if I kind of fast forward to today, it's Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp and mm-hmm. Messenger and everything else. And, and so I've got, you know, like my canoe club paddling community is on WhatsApp. The surf life saving community is on Facebook. And that's how they organize patrols and all of that sort of thing. My foiling community is on Messenger and WhatsApp and Instagram. <laughs> and so there's just, you know, there are all of these different use cases and I go to where the people are. And do you ever find, this is something that I definitely find you and I do, Zara, is that I will be chatting to you on um, Instagram messages. Multiple platforms. And then you'll be WhatsApping me something else. And then you say, oh, by the way, I've just sent that to you on Teams as well. All right, okay, so we are now talking to each other in the same conversation on three or four different platforms at the same time. And for some reason, we're really comfortable with that. Yeah, well, because it's like where 
Because like I, obviously I work in content, so it's where the content is that I want to share it with you and talk to you about. Yeah. And then yeah, it's where we're, sh- we're then sharing it in different... I mean, it's quite yeah. interesting how, how different that is to the old days of and people, sending yeah. an email or putting people's, in a meeting. People's brains can sort of see it as a single form of communication. It's not like this is the WhatsApp one and this is the Instagram one. People yeah. Are, oh, yeah, I remember we chatted about that in person. This is something on Instagram. This is something on WhatsApp. Yeah, and, and to be honest, this did feel overwhelming for me at first. I was mm. like, is it in the Google Doc or is it here or where? <laughs> you know, you know um, but... I think over the last five years... Shared docs are annoying. Shared docs do make it difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you different, don't have the fonts. And different platforms. Yeah, and I've, I've just got used to it now. Now I hardly use email at all. Like my, yeah. my inbox is not really... Inbox zero? Using are you... <laughs> close to, yeah. I, you know, I'm using uh, Workplace and Chat for work and, you know, all of these other, other tools and then all of my kind of public social tools outside. So. Do your kids think you're super cool? Because you're like no. Mr. Tech Dad and all the new innovations. No. No, nobody thinks their dad's super oh, cool, thankfully. No, I think you're probably right, they don't. Um, uh, my daughters sometimes think I'm cool if I bring them beauty products home. And that's about, <laughs> that's yeah. about the line. Where They'll the line learn is. later. They were really, really Yeah, it was cool. You actually were cool at one time. <laughs> and um, as somebody who specializes in change and innovation, uh, um, for you, JGR, at you know Facebook, that's now Meta, how has that, you know, transformed? And you've obviously been there a long time in eight years. And, and what has that been like for you? I, th- I think first and foremost, it's just been a huge privilege to be involved in that journey with the people that are there. It, it's an incredible group of people uh, and a really talented and principled group of people who are very thoughtful about everything that they do. We don't always get it right, but we're always thinking about how we can do things better. And, and then I think, you know, we're really only just getting started. We have a saying internally that the journey is 1% done mm. uh, and it really is and there's, there's lots more to come. I think that's, you know, such an interesting way to think about it. I was thinking about entrepreneurs um, this week and we were having a conversation about it and the thing about entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial businesses is that really you're never satisfied with where you've got to. It's all about where you want to get to next and I think that sort of flywheel effect of keeping moving and keep on pushing and keeping continue to evolve is makes these environments super inspirational to be in because you're never bored and there's a totally new challenge your job title next year may be something like you know sort of chief um let's meta 3d 4d innovation are you the chief magic officer (laughs) no chief mechaverse officer that's what we changed it to wasn't it no longer the chief marketing officer the chief mechaverse officer um, but it, yeah, I think they, when you're working in those environments, it makes everything fun as well because you're learning the whole time because yeah. you're never, you never, you know, we're never the experts because it's still not yet happened. Yeah, yeah. Having the courage to be bad at stuff is yes. a great way to start learning. That's true. And, yeah. and then having people around you who are super talented is, is the other essential ingredient. Oh, yeah. And they're really much smarter than you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at everybody in this room. So back to beauty, Jason, JJR. <laughs> what are your personal skincare, self-care and beauty rituals, if you have any? <laughs> yeah. um, or what would you like to, what self-care rituals would you like to undertake more? Well, maybe you should tell me. I should get some recommendations. <laughs> yeah, we um, should take you into Mecca. Yeah, I'll take you off on that. But I, I would say, I mean, I'm part of the water safety crew down at Bondi. So it's like sunscreen is the first thing, is, yeah. is primary. Mm. And then, of course, you have to get rid of the sunscreen at the end of the day. So it's like cleanse and tone is really a really important one. And then you have to... It's good know. that you know about toner. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Mecca Talks. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your favorite podcast app and you'll be notified as soon as our next episode becomes available. Don't forget to rate, review and share this episode with your friends. To stay up to date on what's going on in the Mechaverse, find us on Instagram at at Mecca Beauty or join the conversation in our Mecca Chit Chat Facebook group. You've been listening.